0: Welcome back to another episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. My name is Ryan Janky, and I am joined by Corey Litton. Yo. For another another episode of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. We're going to cover, this is the uh, September 27th edition, and so we are going to cover all the action that went on from, uh, when are we starting? Friday, September the 23rd? Correct,
1: and then Saturday, September 24th. The 23rd and the 24th. Uh, the 51st Jamestown Stock Car Stampede, the uh, North Dakota's greatest racing tradition, which is uh, one of my favorite racing traditions also. <laughs> uh, we start off with a qualifying Friday where 313 cars from the United States and Canada made it out to Jamestown for uh, the greatest racing tradition there in North Dakota. The 51st running of the Stock Car Stampede Friday show format was heat races with a qualifying dash. So the heat winners got into the qualifying dash and they filled out top 16 in passing points for your class. So if you started in the back and got second, you did pretty good. You you got into the dash. Yeah. Or or uh, I mean, if you started in the back and then won, you were obviously in there automatically. And they basically lined up according to passing points. Okay. After that, uh, in your respective classes, then uh, top eight in the finishing position in the dash. Uh, locked in for their starting position in the top eight for the feature race the next day the final eight spots would be filled uh saturday with a last chance qualifier and that's after the other eight cars in the middle of the pack uh where they finished in the dash that's where they got to start uh (coughs) hang on so 313 cars correct how many heats were there how many cars were in a heat? Do you remember? Um, I do not remember it right off the top of my head, but I know they had. Um, I think the most heats we had in a class was right around six. So, okay. so we divided them up. There, there, were, the the classes ranged as far as the car count because there were nine classes, so it was divided up. Okay, pretty sure. Well. And they did uh, manage to. I think I think they were, yeah, the most they had was six heat races, so it was usually yeah. about eight or nine cars. Yeah and it was it was more than enough to put on a good race <laughs> Uh, Sawyer Go- Goodrow took the lead on lap number one in the Slingshots, but surrender- surrendered the lead to uh, Carver Bellerud who started dead last. And guess how many cars he passed? Uh, how many cars did he pass, Corey? All of them. <laughs> in just two laps, by the way. Bellerud outran Gavin Edinger and Trip uh, Nelson to take the qualifying feature win in the Slingshots. Bombers were up next, and it was Jeremy Hurd taking the lead on the opening lap. The race was slowed with a la- uh, with a lap in as Jeff DeBuck spun off a of corner number two. He's a four Former winner of the event jaden michelson he suffered a left rear flat and was able to make the changes and continue on four laps later chris Wrangelloff spun while uh, running in the sixth position bringing out the race's second caution the race was slowed again with nine laps to go as kelby anderson spun in turn number four collecting carly horner all these cautions helped defending bomber champion dylan sandberg who originally started 12th of the 16 cars had, and had restarted with fourth in fourth with nine to go. So he was just picking off car after car. And then every yellow, he'd just get to get closer to the next car, next car in front of him. Uh, Rangeloff brought out his second caution when something broke in on his car and he couldn't get out of harm's way, just in time there with eight laps to go. Sandberg continued to climb up to the front. Uh, with six laps remaining, Sandberg passed her on the outside of turn number four, and Sandberg cruised to the win over her and Matt Gumpke. Move on to the sport mods where Kelly Jacobson, he took the lead at the start of the sport mod qualifier. Six laps in, Darren Medler was able to get by Jacobson in turns three and four. Medler caught traffic with two to go, and that allowed Jacobson to go uh, back on the attack. They made slight contact while coming to the white flag, but were able to continue on. Medler held on to get the win with Jacobson finishing in second and Bud Martini finishing in third. Glenn Mitchell from Picton, New South Wales, Australia. So that's the third country we had racing and uh, and represented in this uh, in, in this awesome event out here. He took the lead on the opening lap in the Legends feature, but it only lasted one lap as Alex Kukowski was able to get by for the lead. Five laps uh, in, there was a uh, there was a the race was under caution as Cole Slava went around in turn number two. Preston Martin took a shot at the lead on the restart, but uh, Kukowski was able to drive off into the distance. Martin uh, Donovan Weist and uh, Austin Weist battled hard for second through fourth for the remainder of the dash with Kukowski getting the win, Martin finishing in second and Austin Weist finishing in third. Uh, the race of the night hands down went to the Midwest Modifieds as Jory Exotic, Jory Berg and the Brockstar Brock Grunwald had a hard <laughs> battle at the start of the race. Two laps in saw contact between the two drivers that caused Berg's car to spin off the top of turn number two, bringing out the caution. Lance Schill threw a, uh, threw a slider on the restart, and Berg was able to cross him over and take the lead back. A multi-car accident brought out the yellow flag again with eight laps to go, bunching the field up once again. Uh Shield kept uh, Berg within reach and took several shots at the lead, but the caution flag came out again when the red-headed rebel, Scott Bintz, spun around in the backside with five to go. she then threw a Greg Maddox-style slider on the restart, a, a nasty slider. Like he, he was throwing that one like it was the last thing he was going to do in his life. It was beautiful. <laughs> Uh, and you know, cleared cleared uh, uh, Jory Berg by a by a lot. Uh, you know, it was it was a clean slider, mm-hmm. but it was it was hold on <laughs> to this. <laughs> we we're gonna like watching this one here. Uh, Berg was again able to cross over and get the lead back. This happened three more times in the remaining laps, and neither driver gave up as Berg took the win over Schill and Adam Brotherton. Next up are the stock cars who are making their debut with the stock car stampede, which you know that makes it you no. Know, Right, Mm -hmm. you know, it should be right to have stock cars there. I would say so. Uh, And it was Dakota Mod Tour champion Trent Gregor getting the jump and the lead over the cheetah Rob Van Mill at the start. On the third lap, Adam Goff and Tim Thompson got together coming off a corner number two, and Goff ended up hitting the wall hard, ending his night. Then he hit it square too, which was not a it was not a pretty impact. Um, right in front of where I was standing, and and I was glad he was okay. Uh, I've seen a lot of people hit there and hit hard, and it's not not good in that, that's, that specific spot of the Jamestown Speedway. Sure. Uh, loopy Luke Krogh was able to get by uh, by Van Mill and Todd Heinrich to take over the second spot on the restart, and Jordan Zilmer followed Krogh up to the third spot. Uh, the caution came out again, though, as a big stack up of cars in turn number four involving Randy the Trashman Klein and Kelly Jacobson, Michael Swallers, and Brennan Borg uh, that brought up the next caution. Then Gregor was able to put a big gap on the field once again. He won by a second and a half over loopy Luke Krogh and uh, Jordan Zilmer. Matt Auckland fought hard with Brady Biella to lead lap number one in the modified dash. Biella stayed hard on the pump while trying, trying any way to get by Auckland. Auckland left the high side open, and with six laps to go, Biella was able to capitalize by shooting by Auckland for the lead, and that's how it ended as Biella took the modified dash with the win over Auckland finishing in second, and Jeremy Keller, who climbed up to finish in the third spot. Then uh, next up were the street stocks, where big-time Johnny Carter shot right out into the race lead from the start. Carter walked away from the rest of the field as the rest of the field duked it out behind him. Carter took the win with Zach Frederick finishing in the second spot and Jim Randall finishing in third. Late models were out to cap off the night where Joey Peterson jumped out to the race lead, but caution came out with uh, one lap scored And when the Ham Lake hammered Don Shaw went around to the back straightaway. Racing resumed with Peterson uh, taking off once again with the kid Eric Edwards following closely behind. Right around halfway, Don Shaw had made his way up to the sixth starting spot er, sixth spot after restarting in 12th. As Edwards dueled it out with Peterson for the lead, Lance Schill spun out bringing up the caution once again with seven laps to go. On the restart, Max Nelson slid up into Edwards, causing both to lose positions, which allowed Shaw to move into the second spot. Shaw tried to run down Peterson, but Peterson held on for the win over Shaw and defending late-model winner Chase Gelling. Can, Can I—oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, go. go. You, you go first. Well, I was just going to say
0: that I would like to say that I have a new favorite name. Uh, I think all-time
1: new favorite name is Bud Martini. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, his real name is Mark Martini, but as far as I've known for years, and I know he's raced since like the early '90s, uh-huh. and he's, he's always gone as Bud. Sure. So yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> and, and Mark would make it too close to Mark Martin, I suppose. That, that is true, and uh, like I said, when he first started racing, Mark wasn't really in it for very long. So uh-huh. who? I, I mean, I don't know how he got the nickname <laughs> Bud. But, I love it though. But Bud Martini, I mean, yeah, that's that's two things right there that I've I've had. <laughs> I've had have Budweiser together, and I've though. had a martini. Yeah, never together. <laughs> I've had a martini. Uh, one. <laughs> so one of the cool things they have out at the Jamestown Speedway, and I'm wearing the shirt right now. They, they I'll turn around so you can see it. Sure. Okay, what oh boy, that's busy. Yeah, that's uh they put your name on the shirt when you win. Okay. So it's fifty year, 51 years of, uh now, that's 50 year, years of champions on the back of the shirt that I'm wearing right how did now they get in, it on, stu- in studio. How do they get it on a small? I, I don't know. They're going to have to come out <laughs> with two shirts here coming up very soon. But uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, great visual for the uh, listeners at home uh, right now, by the way. Great radio who's <laughs> yeah. doing visual things yeah. here. But yeah, you win, you get the name on the shirt when you win on championship Saturday. And that was... Uh, it's always a big deal. I know I got a win at the Stampede in a Roadhog, uh-huh. a two driver car. It was a big Ford LTD four door, and it was running on three cylinders when we finished the race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we we jumped the start by about half a mile, and nobody hit us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were on the front row. We won in a, like, a four lap race or something like that. And by we, I mean, I was using the steering and the brakes. Uh huh. And someone sitting next to me was running the gas pedal. Yeah. So it was a good team effort on our part. <laughs> I know I never touched the brakes because it just kept feeling slower as we went. And I was right because we just kept losing cylinders. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a V8 and we we're running on three by the end of it. Man. I don't know how we finished. But I, I can imagine that only, you know, a couple laps later, I don't think it would have kept going. Oh, but, I bet not. But, um, yeah, my name's not on the list, on, on the shirt, <laughs> and um, I'm kind of upset about it, but I got to announce for about three years out there, so I'll, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the night where everybody got, gets their name on the shirts happened, Championship Saturday. The slingshots once again started out the night, and right away A.J. Matske took the lead from, uh, uh, from the green flag. Gavin Edinger started in sixth and was quickly battling for the lead when he took it with uh, seven laps to go. Carver Bellerud went around in uh, turn number four with six laps to go, bringing out the yellow flag. One lap later, Ryder Mosier slowed to a stop and brought out the second caution in the race. Reed Ketterling took a shot at the lead on the restart, but Edinger was just too strong and ran away with it, winning for the second year in a row with Sawyer Goodrow finishing in second and Reed Ketterling finishing in third. Matt Gumpke got the jump on lap number one in the bomber feature, and defending champion Dylan Sandberg would not relent as uh, Sandberg stayed within striking distance. The pair raced side-by-side as they caught traffic with 13 laps to go. Sandberg was able to use traffic to sneak by for the lead with eight laps to go. With three laps to go, Jeremy Herr made contact with Anthony Wendell and Jaden Michelson to bring out the yellow flag. That set up a three-lap shootout where Herr and Hayden Aberly moved up to the top three on the restart. Jeff DeBuck, a former winner again He's on the back of my shirt Uh, He spun in uh, turn number 4 As the field was just about to take The white flag bringing out yet another caution Setting up a green white checkered finish Her got sideways on the restart And that caused a big stack up And a a re-rack of the field once again on the final restart, Hayden Averly took a shot for the uh, win on the inside of turn number three, but pushed the car just a little too far and spun out in mm. turn number three. Um, I was proud of him. I, I mean, he went for it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, no, no better no better place really to spin out in that, in that situation there, going for the win. I was Like I said, I'm proud of him.
0: You, you got to give it. You got to give yeah. it your all right you gotta there. You got to send
1: it. Um, yep. And Sandberg, he won for the second year in a row with Jaden Michelson finishing in second and Kelby Anderson finishing in third. Next were the sport mods where Kelly Jacobson took the lead on the green flag once again. On the race fourth, uh, race's fourth lap, Brennan Erbach was spun by Landon Motz. Over in turn number four, bringing out the race's first caution, Darren Schatz went for the lead, but the yellow flag flew once again when Alan Kent went around in corner number four, stacking up about seven more cars. Um, a lap later, Scott Jacobson, Kent, uh, Alan Kent, Terry Fall, they all got together bringing out another yellow flag. Scott Jacobson was done for the night in that one. Um, Dave Sirks, he took a shot at the lead on the restart, but the race slowed again when Bud Martini and uh, Tate Johnson got together in turn number two. Two-time champion Loopy Luke Krogh entered into the picture and took, uh, took a look to the inside of Jacobson on the restart, but the yellow would fly again when Landon Motz went around and off a of corner number two with 13 laps to go. There's a 20-lap feature, so there was a lot of action leading up to this <laughs> point. Uh, Robbie Roselli, he spun off a of turn number three in the restart, bringing out yet another caution, and Krogh went to work again on the restart. Jacobson dropped to the bottom lane to block Luke Krogh, but that's the lane that he wanted to have open, is that top lane uh, up there. And old Loopy switched to the high lane and drove right by Jacobson <laughs> with, with 12 laps remaining. Krogh ran away for the win with Jacobson finishing in second and Darren Medler finishing in third. In victory lane, I can remember hearing the the uh, the uh, quote from Loopy Luke Krogue saying, oh, I was playing some cotton <laughs> mouse out there. He's, a, <laughs> he's from out west. He's got a little bit of an accent. Sure. That silly guy. Uh, <laughs> in The Legends feature had a caution on the start when Gus Jensen and Sierra Davenport got together in turn number four. Alex Kukowski, I don't think he was going to be denied at all this la- this weekend. Uh, he jumped right out to the race lead on lap number one on that restart. Dylan Steele made contact with the front stretch wall, losing a wheel in the process. His car stopped I believe just off of turn number one. The wheel made it all the way around uh, turns one and two into the back straight away, and it was on its edge. Yeah. So it started turning on its own, and it did at least three more turns in the infield before it finally stopped. Really? There was somebody chasing after it that parked, and it went around their truck. It was wow. pretty pretty funny to watch.
0: Did did uh, <laughs> did anybody sing? You picked a fine time to leave me loose wheel.
1: No, I did. Well, not where I I was standing. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it was <laughs> it was definitely interesting to watch out there. I know uh, everybody in the pits were laughing watching that go <laughs> oh, around the truck with the safety worker trying to chase after it. That <laughs> was uh, come back here. Another one of those funny things that you get to see <laughs> back. I used to love uh, that track for that reason because if you would lose a tire, it would either hit. The, like in the case of, there was a guy named Lane Stoppelworth that got hit by his own tire in two separate occasions. Really? After it popped off of the race car. Um, and then there's, a lot of times it just seems to follow the banking around the racetrack well, yeah. and go for quite a ways. Mm-hmm. So if you'd see somebody lose a tire down the front stretcher in a turn one, it would run on at least three quarters of a lap after that just most keep of the rolling. Time. So I would try to get the crowd into it and see how many, <laughs> just cheer that tire go, on go, as it goes. go, go, go. <laughs> Nothing like getting people to you know, go nuts for an <laughs> inanimate object that's moving on its own. <laughs> it uh, was, Yeah, that was pretty funny. Love yeah. it. <laughs> so Kukowski uh, again uh, uh, walked away with the race lead on the restart, but the race slowed again when Michael King and Cole Slaba got together in turns three and four at the halfway point. With four laps to go, Xander Bauer spun off a of corner number two, bringing out the caution yet again. Scotty Richardson contacted the front stretch wall to bring out the race's final caution on the restart. And after that, Kukowski continued to dominate and win the Legends feature. Casey Martin finished in the second spot, and Glenn Mitchell finished in third. The Midwest Modifieds were next, and the race saw its first yellow flag in the first lap as Jason Tomes went off of corner number two. Racing resumed as Adam Brotherton fought off the Nightmare Lucas Rodine to lead lap number one. Brotherton and Rodine would stay neck and neck for many laps as leaders caught traffic with 12 to go. That allowed Jory Berg, Jason Grimes, and Lance Schill to come into contention along with that. Brotherton continued to lead, but Rodine and Berg made it three wide while in heavy traffic till the uh, caution came out with three laps to go, and Jason Tomes went off a of corner number three. After a spin-up by Phil Lee brought out another caution on the restart, Field got ready for a three-lap shootout. Rodine was able to get by Brotherton with, a, Brotherton with a high side pass out of corner number two and held on for his second straight stampede win over Brotherton and Berg. Uh, Brendan Borg, he was uh, turned around at the start of the stock car feature coming out of corner number four, causing a four-car stack up and the yellow flag right away. After that mess got cleaned up, hey, we heard about this guy already. Loopy Luke Krog was able to jump <laughs> out four-wide in battle for lead number one, er, for the lead in lap number one. Uh, Krogh had Trent Greger and Todd Heinrich battling for the lead three wide with Heinrich taking the lead to lap number three. On uh, the following lap, Adam Goff and Chris Toot, that's his real name, got together slowing, it, slowing the race pace for a second time. On the restart, Randy Klein's uh, car pushed up and almost half the field got together resulting in a stack-up, bringing out another caution flag, and a lot of them ended up almost into the slew off of turn number three. We're going to need some wreckers in the DNR to help out with that one. (laughs) Doug Lear could have assisted in that one. Uh, Gregor Gregor and Krogh took a shot at the lead with Krogh threading the needle to take the race lead coming out of turn number two and a beautiful pass out there, too, by the way. Mm -hmm. Krogh was able to hold off Trent Gregor for the win, with uh, in heavy traffic, making him only the third double winner in Stampede history. Travis Sauer won of the Midwest Modifieds and the Modifieds in, in uh, 2012. And Smoke and Hank Barry was the first one to do it. And he did it in the Modifieds and the Late Models in 2003. Heinrich, he held on for third. Have you ever
0: made a uh, a nickname for somebody that's the same as one of their names? I have not. Like, no. like uh, could you do Chris Toot Toot?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's actually the first time I've, I've really seen Chris Toot, uh race in person. I know he's he's from Southern Minnesota, and he usually runs like in the Iowa circuit and stuff uh-huh. like that. But I've heard, I'm and I've been trying to think back to one of these Super Nationals races that I got to watch where he was racing, and Ryan Clark, who is a great announcer from down there, the best announcer they have down in Boone. He. Um, he said something. I think it was like Chris Toots squirting out to the, the high side or something like that, and I just could not stop laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he's usually really good at those because he's got one of those one of those voices that when he throws a, a subtle joke out there, it's kind of like that Chevy Chase delivery to it. <laughs> yeah, I'll where dry. You have to listen to to catch what he's saying <laughs> most of the time, and yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I think that Chad Meyer was telling me a story about how there he had a, he had a thing for Chris, too, one time also. But I can't remember the, any of that <laughs> stuff. I really wish I did. Uh, right after that, though, uh, Wayne uh, Johnson, he led the Modified Features opening lap, but was under immediate attack from Sean Strand. Sean Strand took the lead in the race's sixth lap and uh, started to gap the field. But Yellow came out with 17 laps to go when Eric Edwards and Andrew Michael went around in turn number two. Josh Jones and Smalls Medler got together in turn number three and four, bringing out the race's second caution on the restart. Jeremy Keller challenged on the inside for the lead right after that, but Strand was just too tough on that top side. Kid Smooth, Colin Hibden moved up to the second spot with Brady Biella advancing to third with 12 laps to go. Hibden and Biella closed in the uh, during the final stages of the race, but it was Strand winning his second stampede with uh, Hibden finishing in second and Biella finishing in third. Next up, big time, Johnny Carter took the lead on the start of the street stock feature, but was quickly under pressure from Zach Frederick. Frederick, he had the faster car is just the top lane was just too dominant by the time that feature race went on mm-hmm. And Frederick, he tried everything. He, he tried everything he could, but Carter just was just too smooth on that top lane. And uh, he kept it up high as Frederick attacked on the low side. And Billy Chris started to reel the two of them in and when they passed the halfway point in the twenty lap feature race, the race's only caution came out with one more mile to go and the, the final four laps when uh, Jay Schlofelt and uh, Dustin Erickson got together in corner number four. This set up a shootout for the win where uh, Frederick and Chris took all the shots at the top spot. Um, Carter left a lane open on the top in the final corner, but Frederick couldn't shoot that gap. And Carter was able to win by only two-tenths of a second over Frederick and four-tenths over Chris for Carter's third stampede Mm. win. Race of the night by far. Yeah late models finished out the weekend, and it was Eric Edwards leading the first lap, but caution would come out right after that when Paul Mueller and Blake Anderson, they got together in turn number one. Uh, Edwards battled with Ben uh, Ben Mickelson in the race's early stages and uh, as Don Shaw reeled the pair in. Shaw was able to move into second and quickly went uh, into battle with Edwards. With 24 laps to go, the leaders caught traffic. Shaw was able to take the race lead with the help of traffic with 21 laps remaining. Edwards was able to get by two laps later, but then Shaw uh, got by again on the following lap. Edwards threw a slider in turns one and two, and the two made contact in the back straightaway, which saw Shaw slow to a stop with front end end damage. The damage was only cosmetic, though. They just had to basically pull a little piece of plastic off of the front, and he was uh, okay to keep going. But Edwards would be called for the caution for uh, for, uh, the contact and sent to the back of the field that moved Ben Mickelson and Ryan Mickelson uh, up to the uh, top 3 on the restart and I know you're you're looking at the at the script right there that I sent you <laughs> and it said the Ben Mickelson spelled M I C K E L S O N and Ryan Mickelson spelled M I K K E L S O N yep. that is how those are pronounced <laughs> <laughs> no I
0: I believe you. Yeah. it's just uh Get, get you ever get confused out there, Mickelson, Michelson?
1: I'm confused. I'm confused enough as is. <laughs> um, but yeah, let alone having this kind of stuff going on here. Um, I, I actually just a few weeks ago when I was working out at at the uh, Viking Speedway in Alexandria before their their Labor Day special. Uh, I talked with Ryan, and I said, am I saying your last name right? I know I've known you for like 20 years, but Uh am I saying your last name right? And he's like, yeah, you do it right, actually. Because there's two Ks there, so I would have said Mickelson. Yeah, you wouldn't have expected that to be like that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so yeah, I got that right. Um, Yeah, so (laughs) uh, that moved Ben Mickelson and Ryan Mickelson up to the top three in the restart, but uh, the yellow flew again when Blake Anderson spun off a corner number three on the following restart Chase Gelling fed Mickelson a right rear tire um, yeah, he just he threw a slider and just just pounded him sent um my uh, Mickelson flying off of corner number 2 and he rolled over one time for four points mm. um so yeah he's in the in the rollover contest he would be okay though and that was the best news of the night but his night was done uh, but i think he only managed to break like a shock and oh. some tin damage so the car was still in very good shape after after that roll it held up very nice minimal and, uh, yeah, Shaw was able to hold off uh, Cole of nine-time champion Mitch Johnson, who snuck into the top three for Shaw's second Stampede title. Mitch Johnson, of course, he's the all-time leader in uh, Stampede victories. Man, that was a mouthful. Yeah. What was you? What was the? What was the? The
0: the moment of the night? Do you think the moment of the the? Oh boy. Or or both nights.
1: I I mean. Uh, that street stock race was incredible, but uh, the on championship night. But again, that that uh, Midwest modified race where they're trading haymaker sliders, and stuff back and forth. That was that was pretty impressive as well. But I, I mean, that's yeah, it's tough to really pick one of those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I behaved, so I didn't get to hear any. It, it'd get to be a part of any of the big stories afterwards. Oh, <laughs> um, well, that's good. Some <laughs> behaved. Um, <laughs> yeah, enough to be able to drive. Sure. Sure. Okay.
0: Without taking any chances whatsoever. <laughs> Well, we had World of Outlaws action, too, right? Friday,
1: September 23rd, they were at Eldora Speedway in Rossburg, Ohio. That's correct. Uh, We had... uh Rico Abreu winning on Friday night's feature, taking the lead from Spencer Baston with 23 laps to go. Donnie Schatz at one point had a chance at the leads after starting in 12th, but he ended up uh, fading back to the third spot behind Abreu and James McFadden. Rico's ninth career outlaw win snaps a four-year, 105-race winless drought for Abreu. All right. The next night they went to, uh, this would be Saturday, September 24th, over to Sharon Speedway in Sharon, Ohio. Well, the big cat Brad Sweet won Saturday night's main event by almost three and a half seconds over Donnie Schatz and almost four seconds over Sheldon Honshield for his fifth win of the year coming into the final 10 races of the year. And you know what? He's got a huge point lead. Mm -hmm. And uh, that win, that's real big here with only 10 races to go because Brad Sweet leads the points. He leads Uh David Gravel by 96 points and Carson Macedo by 140. I was going to go farther back. Yeah, but I mean, they're they're all out of it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure David Gravel's pretty much out of it by this point of the the year. That's a chunk of points right there. <laughs> Donnie Shots is uh, on the strength of his two straight podium finishes, sits in the fifth position though. So he's doing uh, he's doing much better. Still pretty much out of it though. Okay. Uh, next up, that'll be Friday, September 30th, and Saturday, October 1st. That'll be the Champion Racing Oil National Open at the Williams Grove Speedway in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. One of those those. Uh, Crown Jewel events out there at the the uh, Williams Grove Speedway. Yeah, I've been to
0: to uh, uh, Mechanicsburg. I uh, stayed there when I w- visited some friends out that way. I like that community, I like that area. It's it's neat, and they have a, a huge car show not far away in Carlisle, uh, Pennsylvania. I forget the name of it. It's a big
1: Ford car show over there. Pretty. Uh, no kidding.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. It's it's a it's kind of a big deal, as they say.
1: I know uh, that's Williams Grove is one of those places where I've really wanted to go. That's that's one of those bucket list tracks for me. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, having a, bu- a bunch of stuff around in the neighborhood as well, that just kind of adds to the draw for me right there.
0: Sure, sure. We had some NASCAR action going on Sunday, September 25th at Texas Motor Speedway. Here's the call from NASCAR.com
1: for the final time and looking for career win number three. It's going to come at Texas. Tyler Reddick wins in the Lone Star State. Let's go! Great job, guys. Awesome, man. Really proud of you,
0: little buddy.
1: Let's go, he says. (laughs) That was a big win out there. Tyler Reddick getting the win, but it was tires and tempers that were the two big issues uh, Sunday at Texas. Right side tires seemed to only make it about 30 laps before blowing out and causing a lot of hard impacts through the race. And it especially affected leaders. Chase mm-hmm. Elliott, Kevin Harvick, and Martin Truex Jr. were all either involved with the lead or in the lead as their tires went down. Uh, the third stage saw some fireworks, too, as William Byron... Who was in the? Then this is just the second uh, skirmish that he got into. Him and uh, your boy Ross Chastain got into it pretty early in the race, uh, but apparently they got over it. And then William Byron and Denny Hamlin got into it with each other after Byron thought Hamlin ran him into the wall coming off a of corner number two. Then the ca- and then as the caution came out, as a caution came out later on in the race, Byron sent Hamil- Hamlin spin- spinning into the, <laughs> the infield. Hamlin retaliated again under a different caution by playing bumper cars as they were closing in on Harvick's accident that happened over in turns three and four. Uh when the smoke cleared, Tyler Reddick survived for his third career NASCAR win, making this the fourth straight non-playoff eligible driver to win during the playoffs. Wow. He was in the playoffs, but he was eliminated this last time by. He was the first four in the first four cars that got eliminated from the playoffs. Okay. So uh yeah, he's. Now the fourth in a row that has won, (laughs) that is not actually a playoff eligible driver at the moment that he won. What a crazy season. (laughs) I agree. Joey Logano finished in the second spot. Justin Haley finished in third, who had a good shot at winning it for a while. And he would have been another driver who is not eligible to be in the playoffs to get a win. Uh, Ryan Blaney, also winless, but in the playoffs, finished in fourth. Chase Briscoe finished in the fifth position. The points uh, after uh, has have Joey Logano in the race, in the point lead. Your boy Ross Chastain is 12 points out in the second spot. William Byron, 13 points out in third. Kyle Larson is 14 points back in fourth. Ryan Blaney, 15 points back in fifth. Denny Hamlin is 22 points back in the sixth spot. Daniel Suarez, 26 points back in seventh. Chase Elliott in eighth, 26 points back after having the accident. Chase Briscoe uh, is uh, 30 points back in the ninth spot. Then Austin Sindrick in 10th, he he's 37 points out. Christopher Bell in 11th, 55 points out. And Alex Bowman in 12th, 56 points out of the point lead. And what's next for them? They're going to go to a place that's real easy to score a lot of points. Yeah. If you can survive <laughs> if you through can... the race. Oh, Sunday, man. October 2nd, that'll be Talladega. That's such a fun one, too the October Talladega race uh my my birthday is in October October 15th so October 15th 2000 that's when Dale Earnhardt went like 18th to 1st in like 3 oh, laps oh yeah that's uh that was his first final win that was that was on my 18th birthday so that's, Talladega in October always has a little special place in my heart that's really cool so uh you
0: mentioned the Unintentional rollover contest, we had at least one new entry, right? Yeah, and
1: we had a very spectacular one. This is one I didn't want to give it away when you asked what was one of the moments of the the whole thing. Oh, sure. This is one of those that really sticks out because Dusty Mund, uh, uh, he's going to be our 33rd entrant into the unintentional rollover contest. He flipped his legend five and three-quarter times to take the lead with 23 points. Mm. Five and three-quarter times. Yeah, he he kind of twisted a little bit too while he was rolling. And wow. he went from barrel rolling to cartwheeling and then kind of back to barrel rolling and Woo. it just he started rolling around basically like a lops- like a football at a certain point too. Sure. Um yeah, 23 points. That is only 1 point away from tying our record. Mm. <laughs> So if I mean if he gets his car back together and races out in at Buffalo River this weekend and tips it over to the wheels, new <laughs> record holder. Um, I don't suggest that he does that. I, I know is I know everybody that I saw several videos of it that were done by family members of his in the stands and. <laughs> um yeah he doesn't have to do it again no um i think he put put everybody through enough (laughs) um but he was okay car did start on fire but he got out right away and actually kind of waved to the crowd immediately so it was that was a good sign good um uh, then later that night of course ryan ryan michelson flipped his uh, late model over one complete time for a score of four points so yeah and actually so dusty munn took the took the lead the previous leader Went four and a half times, so he <laughs> scored five more points than our uh, previous uh, leader. So uh, he's he's out front with a vengeance. The 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 lead you don't want, right? <laughs> so we're we are
0: creeping into October here pretty soon. What do we have going on? Well, uh, I, I guess I
1: should start uh, really uh, uh really pushing what we have here. Our, our year end uh, awards ceremony that we have coming Uh-oh. up here. The the checkers and recorders. Uh, championship of the world, yeah. Um, which I, I have, I, bec- I keep extensive notes. Okay, that I re- use once a year. Okay, for this event, um, it, it, we pick champions for classes. I kind of combine a few of them. Like uh, sport mods and Midwest modifieds are basically the B mods, so they're they're in their own class. Stock cars and street stocks, same, roughly the same thing. So okay, and so so on and so forth. I combine a lot of the classes that are very similar. To make uh, our class champions. So the way that you do this is it's a point system. And the point is, if you win, you get a point. Okay. If you win uh points championship, you get another point. Okay. Um, Easy. A big series championship like the Dakota Mod Tour, you get another point. Okay. Uh, uh, stuff like that. Um, and I kind of, if there's a tie, I basically go off a strength of wins and stuff like that. So if someone wins a stampede and they're tied with somebody else... Yeah, they're gonna get a they're gonna get a little nod on that okay. one. Okay, um, so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna determine class champions. Um, I'm gonna go back and try to determine which is the best race of the year. Oh wow! Um, wreck of the year, which. We made sure to talk about. <laughs> um, obviously, the unintentional rollover contest ha- is has thirty four contestants in it right now, um, <laughs> and we already know who's winning that one <laughs> right now. And hopefully, nobody takes over that lead, <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> we, we have more racing going <laughs> on yet. Uh, there's plenty of things that we're going to be have, having going on there, so uh, that'll happen, uh, I believe, right around second week of October. That's what we'll we'll do that. We'll shoot right around my 40th birthday for that one. Sure it uh, be a fun way to celebrate that. Yeah, that'd be a good way to start <laughs> it. Uh, but we have our, re, more racing going on this weekend, yeah. though. Uh, Friday, September 30th, Buffalo River Speedway has the Fall Showdown. It's the first time that we're racing this late in the year out at the uh, Buffalo River Speedway. It'll be featuring legends, lightning sprints, short trackers. And then we're going to have three Wissota classes with the Street Stocks, Midwest Modifieds, And the Modifieds, racing out of Glendon, Minnesota, that starts at 6.30 on Friday. Dakota Speedway also has Oktoberfest in Mandan. That'll be uh, 7 o'clock start time out there. Saturday, October 1st, that'll be day two of the Buffalo River Speedway Fall Showdown in Glendon. Same classes again, starting at 5 o'clock. And Dakota Speedway with the Oktoberfest once again in Mandan, starting at 6. Woo! They're still racing still not over yet yeah yeah, it's not over yet i and (laughs) this last weekend i've just i just made it to my 100th race of the year so wow i'm glad to get that in again before the end of the season triple digits all right
0: well hey thank you for joining us for checkers and wreckers victory lap if you're liking this please let a friend know let family member know anybody you think would be interested even if you think they might not be interested let them know anyway. I'm fun with that.
1: I'm, I'm really good at dealing with haters.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget, you can uh, find Corey Litton every Friday morning at 640 with the KFGO Morning Crew. They have a good time with the fastest five minutes in racing. That is on 790 and 104.7 KFGO. So for Corey Litton, I am Ryan Jenke. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.